Hello and welcome to another episode of Less Than Ten. I'm Feral, and as always, I'm joined tonight by Blood Ruin. Say hi, Blood. Hey guys, great to be here, and uh, I'm really excited that we have an awesome guest by the name of AP. AP, how do you say your actual in-game name? Hey guys, how's it going? Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, my, uh, it's it's uh, I made this character long ago. Uh, it's for now the pronunciation I, I had in mind when making it was uh, Oris Porcelaeus, but uh, like you said, people just call me AP. Nice man. So, what are you kind of why are you here? What, what have you been up to in game? Um, all those kind of things. Give yourself a little introduction so the listeners can get to, get to know you. Yeah, of course. Well, I've been playing E for quite some time now, almost too long, as, as most of us can say. I've been playing since 2012. Uh, right before that really neat retribution cruiser patch that uh, all the tech one cruisers got rebalanced um and since then i've really flocked to uh to small gang content i've been doing it pretty much ever since um i've flown in an amount like so many different groups um but right now i'm flying in low sec with uh, a regular cohort of uh, different players um from so many different groups um, and also, I'm a, uh, a novice YouTuber as well. I'm in the process of growing a YouTube channel, some great PvP contents, lots of channel iteration, so exciting stuff there. Nice. Yeah, we've actually featured a few of AP's videos in the past. Uh, they're pretty good. So if you if you haven't, you can uh, we'll put a link to his channel in the show notes, and you can check it out there. But today's episode's uh, it's going to be a pretty cool one. We're we're doing another masterclass, so I know you guys like that. But first, we're going to do a little topic on um, public small gang channels and roams, one of which AP has recently started. So we'll get into that. And then uh, our master class today is on missiles, everyone's favorite or least favorite weapon system. <laughs> and then lastly, we're going to talk about LowSec a little bit because uh, I've had some good experiences there lately, and I know AP has as well. So we're going to talk about that. But first, we have a show poll. So uh, this show, this week's show poll question, I was kind of feeling nostalgic, and I asked our uh, Discord server, who the Less Than Ten Discord, which there'll be a link to that in the show notes as well, if you'd care to join us. Uh, what was your favorite year slash era of Eve from a small gang perspective? And just to kind of get an idea of when people started playing as well, just to know when people were around, we also asked, "What year did you start playing?" So no blood, do you want to comb through the results or what? Well, I'll actually, I'll kind of um, explain my own background. So I started in, it would have been 2011. So, and it was right with the Crucible patch. So yeah, that, that kind of tells you a little bit about where I came from and, and stuff. And so that time period right around 2011 to 2013 though uh my activity was actually mostly focused on um high sec and incursions uh and i hadn't gotten into small gang really um i really got into small gang around 2016 i think and got involved with a couple groups and started doing more um 
kiting, nano, and uh, alliance tournaments. So yeah, my favorite era is probably like that. It's 2016, 2018. Um, and like I said, I started in 2011, but really started digging into EVE in 2013. Um, the results of the show poll were kind of a mix. Um, I'll, 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 39% of the people that did the vote came from 2013 to 2015. Said, or Sorry, said that their favorite era was 2013 to 2015. And then uh, 25% said 2018 to present. So it's kind of like interesting that um, it wasn't as many people in the middle there. Yeah, it kind of went from like the the 2013-15 era right to 2018 to present, which I guess is good because either people are really new or they like kind of what's been going on the last little bit. Yeah, and then the what year, what year did you start playing Eve? That was actually pretty distributed. Uh, it was like twenty four percent started twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen, then twenty four percent from twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen. Um, there's twenty percent that were pre twenty ten. So uh, and then see sixteen percent said twenty ten to twenty eleven. So it's like the, that's actually very well distributed from the people that voted. Uh, and then, but the 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 eras people tend to identify more with one area or another regardless of when they started playing it seems like it's kind of yeah cool. it'd be interesting to see uh if um if there's any correlation like if you see like a shift in the in the results like if you see people if you see if the average of people um started playing in let's say i don't know 2016 it'd be interesting to see if you know more people kind of yearn for like get like the old the old days right or if um if that that kind of distribution was moved you know back towards 2010 or wherever right to see if you know maybe there's a bias or, or you know something interesting if people like you're like i said yearn for like those those old those old eve days maybe yeah and <laughs> like the nostalgia we a, and we got a pretty good episode that we're kind of planning for the future um where we're going to kind of talk about these eras and kind of go through, you know, what was strong? What were the changes that were going on in EVE um, relevant to small gang and, and everything and kind of go through EVE, you know, from like 2011, 2012 and onwards kind of go through it all. And I think that'll be fun to do, but that is for another show. I just, uh, I was feeling nostalgic when I made this poll and uh, we're going to get super nostalgic on an episode coming up. So you can look forward to that. I mean, like a big part of the inspiration for our podcast in general, and we've talked about it when we did our introduction was, you know, CCP Rise, then Kill2 and Corvrix. You had people like Garmin making videos like um, and like it'll be fun to walk through the history, like in our eyes of like what were some of the coolest things to see, like in those times, like dude shield kiting talos i wish it were still uh, a feasible thing because it's just like such a fun uh meta or like time period in eve i think for for solo and small gang players yeah i, I love that the blaster talos yeah there's so many icons of you know of you know eve warfare right solo roaming and you know popular ships and things doing amazing players doing awesome things with you know you know, meta ships and flavor of the month ships and yeah. Yeah. And then like Omen Navy issue was like the most dominant cruiser for almost, you know, I don't know, two years or something. And, 
and it's still a good ship, but like it was the small gang roaming roaming ship for two years, you know. And yeah, boy, like the Covrex Navy Omen. Oof. Yeah, that's the one. I was about to make that comment. Yeah, Kovrex had that that video called "The Wild" where he showcased it, and uh, that's really where it took off. Yep, "Call of the Wild" in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do like a full a full episode just on reliving the best of Small Gang. You know, and like you said, you know, there there are changes that go, and you see you know giant shifts like i'm sure the reason the the nomen kind of fell out was you know a lot of the medium weapon systems uh, were rebalanced and touched up a bit um some flat damage across the board and that really shifts things you know players you know flock to strong weapon systems and using what's best so it's only natural for things to fall out and like something else to become really strong yeah, yeah and then as other the changes gets- other changes kind of present real challenges for like omen aviation like i think of the any jaguar chasing after an omen AV issue you've got yeah. a number of things from application ability to the damage type that you're dealing and, and and that's just the natural shift of meta and and the changes you know it, whether balance changes or game changes or economy changes you know and so it's it's yeah. <laughs> it's just fun to sometimes look back and like relive some of it exactly <laughs> Well, let's get into our first topic, which is public small gang channels and roams. And uh, I want to give a shout out to the Tuskers because they're a, they're a small gang corp. They live in a C2 with an L6 static. Um, they started doing a public roam again. I think back in the day they used to do them, but now, yeah, they're doing they're doing uh, public roams. So you can get in with an experienced small ganger and kind of learn the ropes and and all that kind of jazz. So shout out to them. We'll put. Uh, that link in the show notes for information there. Uh, you know if they're gonna... doing that more in the EU time zone, or is it kind they of spread do, out? They they do they do like oftentimes they have several roams and they'll have different groups. They'll split the group in half and they'll have um, some at nineteen hundred Eve time. That's a pretty popular time for for players to go out, and that's a EUTZ time. I'm pretty sure. Um, but there is U.S. activity, and they have you know destinations they like to visit. Um, but there's activity both in EU and the uh, U.S. TZ, North American TZ. And then, likewise, uh, one of the reasons AP's on today is so he can kind of talk about his in-game channel, Micro Gangs. That's plural, Micro Gang with an S. Um, so, AP, what's Micro Gangs all about? Yeah, so I started the channel, um, and it's really the continuation or perhaps a revival of Micro Gang Help, which was uh, a channel way, I I say way back, right? It was only a few years ago um, that was started by a few notable names in particular, Chesser, Wild Brain, um, and and several others. Um, You know, probably the most notable is, is Chesser, right? And people know him from his videos, and this was the around the advent of, of Thera, right? When Thera first came out and small gang content in Nullsec was incredibly popular and it was incredibly accessible, right? Because of the advent of Thera, right? You had high sec connections, low sec connections, a multitude of ways for people to get into Thera. And from there, you had three Nullsec statics to roam in addition to any, you know, dynamic holes that, uh, um, that, that spawned and from there you know the the micro gang help channel really took off and people were flying with you know randoms and these very small these very small groups right um it, it took a, a like small gang to the extreme like this real minimalist 
sort of setup with very few pilots um, in tight knit, you know, compositions and, you know, making sure that there's synergy. Um, and Chester even went as so far to, to go over those archetypes, right, of the different roles in Small Gang. Um, and so you, you had a lot of um, a lot of that stuff going on there. But yeah, I made the channel. Um, since seen as the other one sort of sort of died off and I've been you know spamming it religiously just getting more people to join um, and we talk about fits in there all, all the time we link kill mails um, and I lead public fleets from from there um, and uh, yeah that's what we've been doing um, it's a public channel you're free to join um, and uh, come out and have some fun with us Sweet. So let's say I'm like, uh, you know, I'm in a, a null block, let's say, and I don't have a lot of small game PvP experience, but I like, you know, I know how to follow fleet orders and stuff. And I join micro gangs, what should I expect? Um, you know, if I want to go roam with you or some others in the channel? So, so yeah, so really, the only there's no restriction like i've been flying with people recently that are from you know anywhere from you know a player coming back from a from a year break or um someone who has like very little sp right um and really the only restriction is just the size right i can only take you know i try and keep the fleet size down and uh, we'll get to that in a second but you can expect to just get in fleet and get grab an invite um and from there um if you're brand new if you're a new face um Myself or any of my other um, friends that kind of uh, take charge and lead the fleets will sort of see what ship you can like, how you can contribute to the fleet, right? We'll, we'll tailor things to you, um, and we're gonna find a role for you to fill in the fleet with uh, the SP you have, with the experience you have. Um, so it's a really good opportunity to learn uh, and to sort of branch out and be. It's a really interactive uh, experience, right? You you really matter a lot in the fleet. Um, which may or may not be the case that you may feel um, based on like you know no block fleets or anything like that. So it's a it's a brand new play style, um, and there are so many really skilled players to uh, to help guide you through it. And really, the only restriction is the is the size, you know. Um, and uh, unless you guys have anything, I'll get into that. The restriction of the size is is really there just out of interest of the of the fleet. And you have a sort of different mindset when you approach like the micro gangs channel or your I, like when i take out a fleet um and restricting the size is important because you have a like i said a, a different mindset or than one that might be shared across of all of new eden in, in different groups you know it, it's different than you know going out on a fleet and hanging out on comms it's it's not very i will say there there's some casual moments but you know there's a bit more effort that's put into um it's like a competitive attitude really and you know when you have that that size restriction is important because if you grow the fleet too large then you're expected to fight more or perhaps you you won't get as many fights right and we're out there with a goal and we want to get fights we want to get uh we want to get content right we want to play the game and blow some spaceships up and so um a fleet that's too large might not achieve that too well and so that size restriction is there just out of interest in everyone who's on the fleet um, and that's the most difficult part about uh, about the uh, about the channel um, is sometimes you have to say we have enough. We'll we'll see if we get back later if people leave. Um, but it's a really come and go type attitude. You know, people people leave when they want to. People come when they want to. And uh, where we operate, um, it really caters to that because content ebbs and flows um, on any given day. And and what system is that that you guys kind of operate out of? 
Oh, we have people that come from Jita, so uh, I I have Milo like base with a with with a, with a few of my cohorts, as I mentioned. We base in uh, in Black Rise, um, but if you're just now joining and you want to come from Jita, we'll get you here, man. We uh we work to get if you want to get here and PvP with us, PvP in the micro gangs, um, we make it happen. So uh, come give us a shout, join micro gangs today. And uh, throw an X if I, if I'm ever online. And I'd also like to see you know lots of other people leading fleets, right? So if you have a group of friends, um, get out there and, and and lead some fleets. It doesn't have to be me or, or anyone else. Um, I'd love to see other small gangs uh, kind of stemming from that channel. Yeah, and and uh, I tried it out. I, uh, I you know I I chat with AP on in Discord servers and in game and stuff. And you know, we shouted out micro gangs. I think it was last episode. So I was like, oh, you know, I should go check it out and see. I'm shouting them out. I want to, I want to experience it. You know, for firsthand. And uh, we'll talk about my experiences there uh, in the micro gangs fleet uh, later on in the low sex section because it was pretty fun. And it's always good to have those like public forums where people with like similar interests. You know, like that's our goal with the podcast and like the Discord. It's also that. You know, this represents that goal with in-game, like just having that area where people can can group up and um, and you know enjoy small gang. Yeah, for sure. That's what it's all about is just promoting small gang and and trying to expand the the player base so that, that's doing small gang. Um, so, I think a question that might not be asked, you know, too often is, you know, why do players do small gang? And it's really sort of the cornerstone or perhaps like fundamentally it's the few versus the many right and so there's like a sense of accomplishment um when you're able to fight many players with with few right you know it's a it's a it's a game right you know there's always um there's always a goal or a competitive mindset um you know we have things like we used to have things like alliance tournament right where players can you know be competitive um, and on tranquility, you know, that's sort of that, that's the accomplishment that that uh, that players play for, right? The, the few versus the many. Sometimes, um, sometimes people play for attrition, right? People like who kills the most isk in those giant nullsec slugfests. Um, and other times, it's uh, if you can, you know, with maximum efficiency or the best efficiency, if you can, you know, play against a group, make plays. Um, all of those are really satisfying to accomplish, and uh, that's why I think a lot of people flock to small gang, uh, and that's the reason I play um, more or less um, whenever I log on. It's always small gang action. Yeah, I think one big thing for me is uh, with small gang is they really ups the ante is how there's just like a, a massive lack of control in Eve. Like you can't control much. Uh, it's a single shard you know there's no instances there's no layers to jump to it's it's there and you can't you don't always know how many people are coming and and that kind of thing is out of your out of your control so the only things you can control are your ship and and kind of what you're doing with it so um, that unknown really ups the ante for me and and when you do get that fight you know one v many or several versus many and come out on uh, on top it's really rewarding it's a really good yeah. feeling. Very addictive. Yeah, solo PvP is something that's long been admired in Eve. Um, it's something that people make videos of, and uh, again, it's something that players and and so even some cases, it's what draws people to the game. They see these impressive feats of one player fighting the many, right? And there's so many instances of that on on YouTube. And I, I think that when you're, uh, I think there are limitations when you're a solo player. 
and I think if you if you think about this um, in in a nerdy way, uh, you're however many pilots you can engage goes up significantly up to like, you know, uh, I'd say probably 10 people is a really good spot to be in. That's probably like the maximum, right? If you have a really good um, setup and everything. Uh, and as you get to more and more people, you start to level off and the, the ratio of that, you know, one to one to 20 or one to 10 or five to 20 or five to 10, like starts to grow a bit more. And so flying in a, a really small tight knit group enables you to fight, even more people proportionally than you would if you were solo um and so you have like these roles and things um and the coordination like you just said the accomplishment is really what what drives players um to get good and perfect their small gang because it's a play style that's um that's very satisfying and very rewarding absolutely all right well this next segment is our master class i mentioned on missiles and if you are a newer player looking to get into small gang you should listen up because missiles are very important to you because there's a very cheap very common very effective ship that you can fly in the anti-support role called the caracal uh, which uses rapid light missile launchers in this case when you're doing anti-support but it's a really common low sp ship that newer players can fly in small gang um, so listen up and let's get into it with uh with the missiles on our blood do you want to kind of can I yeah. pull us off here to start? Yeah, so missiles are really cool from a concept perspective because you can start at a, a, a very base understanding and then the more you dive into it and the more technical you get, um, the the more depth there is to that mechanic. So we're going to kind of structure our discussion around that same way of thinking. We're going to start with some of the general topics that are going to be good knowledge bases, and then we're going to go more in-depth with how the mechanic of, of the actual damage applying to ships works and how speed can factor in and a lot of those things. So to start off, right, you have various sizes. Um, just like with any weapon system in EVE, they, they scale in size and damage output and range. So on the small end of things with your, your frigates, your uh, destroyers, um, we have the, the smallest weapon classes, rockets and light missiles. Um, and then as you progress into cruiser size and battle cruiser size, um, that starts to um, kind of scale a little bit more. And uh, the weapon systems in that category would be heavy assault, cru uh, heavy assault missiles, uh, heavy missiles, and rapid light missiles. Um, and so they kind of build on top and... Um, there is a correlation, right? You have a, a short range, high damage output system. So with the small, that's the rockets and the medium, that's your heavy assault missiles. And then you have long range variants that have lower damage output, but have a, an extended range. So that's where you have light missiles then heavy missiles. And, and then rapid lights are kind of in the middle. Um, but they have great application because they're still using the ammunition of the small size. And then on the large end, um, you have torpedoes, cruise missiles, and then rapid heavy missiles, which are, they function in a similar way. Um, rapid light missiles and rapid heavy missiles are, uh, they use the ammo type of uh, one weapon system smaller, but they, uh, they expend a, a large quantity of them in a short time frame. And uh, because of that, you can get really good application 
for the the ship size that you're the weapon size that you're using um and and get these kind of like bursts of damage and good application so they're they're kind of in the middle um but yeah as, as weapon systems scale so will your damage output um and you'll have to understand a little bit more about the application of those weapon systems yeah and i think it's also worth noting with the uh the the rapid missile launchers they're they're totally different in that they have like a a clip of missiles with a very long reload time so it's a lot of front end front upfront damage but then you hit your reload and it takes a really long time to reload those missiles unlike the 10 second reload time of of other uh, missile launchers so we'll go through the damage types types next um just like auto cannons you have full selectable select selectable damage with missiles so uh the inferno missiles do thermal uh mjolnir does em the j is silent scourge does kinetic and nova is your explosive uh, damage type and how i always remembered those is in game the colors associated with those missiles um they a lot of them overlap with the colors of your autocannon uh, ammunition, um, or they have like similar color themes to the uh, the drones. So that's like how I learned them. But um, sometimes you also just kind of have to take some it's, time, uh, sit down, and, and learn. It's nearly identical to the uh, like the color schematic of the uh, the resist profiles, right? So you have like the yeah blue for EM the red for inferno for thermal and then you have uh scourge which is of that grayish color for kinetic and you have like the nova or the explosive thing and a recent change right uh was the addition of those like uh the the right click menu for your for your weapon system you can see the the type of damage it does on the the drop down menu when you go to switch ammos that was a, a recent change yeah i think that was actually like last patch right <laughs> It's very, it very recent, yeah. So that's a yeah, that's a good uh, reminder there. Yeah, and also sorts top to bottom by range, right? I know I they believe so, yeah. Yeah, they did that with turret ammo. I would assume that also was for missiles. I have not flown a missile boat recently. Actually, I can hop in a jackdaw and find out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is actually the same. Um, it sorts uh, by range. Yeah, and, and missiles also uh, have Tech 2 ammo, just like any other weapon system. Um, and their Tech 2 ammo uh, has kind of a theme of, of uh, you know, less range, more damage. So, and it, precision kind of breaks that rule because they're shorter range, better application. But uh, for the most part, you have your, uh, for your shorter range, higher damage stuff, kind of worse application. You have Rage and Fury, and then um, your your other ones are Javelin and Precision. So most of the time, like you should probably really understand what you're doing before you're using uh, Rage and Fury. Generally, if you're like shooting something upshipped from you, like upship class, you can use your high damage uh, missiles. But for the most part, you, you should be using Navy. Um, it's a, a safer bet for newer people because you can really. Uh, have terrible application if you don't know what you're doing and you use like a rage or fury ammo in the wrong situation yeah so your rage and fury missiles are sort of analogous to void and null right or scorch and conflag and hail and barrage right you have those trade-offs of tracking application 
um, in the, in a, in in a exchange for something else, right? Extended range or perhaps extended damage with less range. Exactly. So speaking of range, missiles they they're pretty unique in how they apply, how they work, right? When you hit, you know, F one or whatever your hotkey is for your turrets, um, your damage is instantan instantaneous. When you hit that button or click it, if you're bad, uh, what happens with missiles is they launch from your ship. Um, so they have a speed and they have a flight time. And when you combine that speed by its flight time, you get a range, you know? So if a, a missile is flying a thousand meters a second for 10 seconds, well, its range is, you know, 10 kilometers, right? So it, it sounds simple, but in reality, it gets quite confusing. Um, because yeah. the EVE server ticks are in one second and missile flight time is often uh, in the, goes to the second decimal, I believe, with, uh, with flight time. So you end up with, if you, like, let's say you have, um, just for simplicity, we'll say you have a 10.5 second flight time. In reality, instead of having your missiles travel for 10.5 seconds, half of your missiles, like half of your volleys will travel for 10 seconds and half of your missiles will travel for 11 seconds. You know, so if your uh, missile speed again is a thousand meters a second, half of your missiles are going to fly for 10, for 10 kilometers and half of your missiles are going to fly uh, 11 kilometers. So, you know, these numbers I'm using are very easy for math's sake, so you can kind of visualize it. But in reality, uh, especially as you get missile speeds that are very quick, if you uh, use you know, rigs and modules and stuff, we'll go over that later to increase it, or you use the, like the Garmer, those ships have a bonus to missile speed. You end up with a very large uh, distance disparity in, in how far your missiles are going. So there's also a great video explanation on this, which we're going to link that Satonia did. So we're going to link that in the show notes so you can watch it as well if you're really not understanding it. But um, I think I did an okay job explaining it. Uh, the key yeah, is I think that, that was pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. If you want to have like a, a hyper predictable missile range, like, you know, if you're flying a, a, a ship where you want to kite and you're going to be kiting towards the end of your missile range, you kind of want to min-max that flight time so that it's very, very close to a whole even number, right? So that you're not having this like 50-50 chance of it going a little bit shorter or a little bit longer than what your in-game range or your uh, PIFA fitting tool range says. Yeah, going for that consistency is often very valuable because um, uh, you know increasing the flight time will extend your range. You can write that that product of flight time by velocity, of course, gives you an additional range, and increasing either product will give you a greater range, right? But the interesting thing is is that it's more advantageous to increase your velocity so that your missiles can actually catch faster targets, right? And faster moving targets, right? They they reach them faster, they get to them faster. Um, or perhaps um, they can chase them for, for a little longer, right? But on ships like, you know, the Maurice Legion, Legion ships, you, you know, you, you get to this point to where that discrepancy, right, between the, between the two, you know, sort of tick um, missile ranges, uh, you, that integer flight time becomes more important than, you know, just a, just a, uh, just a fast missile. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's a good point about chasing um, because 
because missiles don't apply instantaneously, and like I mentioned, that's the, the moment they launch is when you hit your key. Uh, if a ship is moving away from you, you know, your effective range is going to be less because the time it takes the missile to travel to the ship, um, the distance the ship has moved in that time basically gets added to the to the range. Um, I think I'm saying that correctly. It makes yeah, sense the so way I'm, I think. During the flight process of the missile, like what what's going to determine if a missile goes off, right? If it explodes on a ship is is whether or not like it's going to make that contact. And so while the missile is flying through the air in pursuit and EUNI actually has like a really good little gif at the bottom of the page on this. Um, I think I linked it, but uh, as the missile is flying, that ship is also moving away or toward you, whichever the case may be. Um, and that changes the, the distance of travel to impact. And so um, on those really far reaching um, ranges where you're, you're fighting at the edge of your range, uh, understanding that your, your missile is either chasing or, or is actually going to have a, a, a better chance to hit because of the opponent coming toward you is really critical. Um, and that can make it so you can get maybe some initial damage in uh, before they're able to shoot you uh, at you know at an actual longer range, or it might mean that what you think your missile should be hitting them uh, in reality they are they're dying out before they're actually reaching the target. And for the for the nerdy out there, if you quite simply think of it as like a displacement vector, right? In space, you have the distance that the missile travels, you have the point that it originates and the point that it terminates. Um, if your target falls out of that that range, right, then your missile won't hit. But if your target at the at the, the time of of impact or at the end of the flight time, if the, if your your target stays in that range, then your missile is going to hit. And that that leads to a uh, to, to even more interesting gameplay, like the the Doppler effect, right? You have you have uh, Stitch does these in in his videos, right? Those solo BS PVP videos, yeah. um, those max application. He'll he'll launch a volley. He'll micro jump drive and he'll have one volley in the air as he's traveling and then fire a second and he'll have two two missile volleys that hit at the same time, which uh, makes for some pretty uh, pretty laughable moments. Yeah, so in Alliance Tournament, this actually used to be um, a very common thing used with bomber cores and with like rapid heavy core ships. Um and we've seen it less because missiles were less prevalent in the last uh, AT, which was like two years ago. But um, there were the the idea was that you would actually move your ship towards your target, and so the speed of your ship would make it so that the missiles that you're launching would be closer together. And eventually, when those missiles would land and they would hit their target, they'd be more grouped up, and so they'd hit in a shorter time frame, thus like a, a bigger volley. Technically, you're still doing the same damage over time. You're still doing the because it's like, but uh, but the those missiles are landing in coordination, causing a much bigger effect. Um, in the last AT, though, we did there was a group that had six battleships um, we were playing around with, and they would do this thing where they would launch like you were talking about. They would launch a set of cruise missiles. And then they would micro jump drive towards the target. So what would happen is as their micro jump drive finished and they landed 
the missiles that they had initially launched would almost be catching the or almost be to the target and the new missiles that they were just launching after their jump would go out and you'd get two waves of six sets of cruise missiles coming in and hitting a target and it would almost instantaneously volley any one ship off the field um it was like this really funny like concept but uh it it relied on an all-in and um but it used that idea of of kind of uh using the missile mechanics and their flight time to push those volleys closer and closer together so that uh your enemy would not have the opportunity to repair through the damage output but yeah so that video explanation that Suetonia does um is is a great uh explanation of that and you can take it to to whatever level you want to um, go in depth with um, when you're talking about the the missile mechanics and the the flight time. The more that you kind of dive in, um, the and and you know people get more and more creative with these techniques with the specific uh, times that they're going to be using these kind of like tactics and like creativity is. Uh, is still out there like there we may be missing something i mean uh, a year and a half ago people weren't doing anything with these really long range cruise setups that we we see really commonly now um because you know at that time micro jump destroyers hadn't been put into the game and that wasn't that tactic wasn't really uh, around but um you know as that has changed uh that's kind of changed some of the the mechanics in the game and then, um, you know, I, I still think there's lots of opportunities for smart bombs to be very effective that um, people haven't utilized on on scale um, to to really stop those. And yeah, that doesn't really apply as much to small gang. But um. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think the the end note is just uh, like having consistent damage and making sure your missiles are consistent is uh, advantageous just from a reliability standpoint. Uh, having you know you don't want any ambiguity if your missiles are going to hit or not or you know rolling the dice so to speak um and so in that sense having reliable damage and having reliable missiles that you you know exactly you can predict how they will perform um is advantageous to you i mean even in a small gang even if you pv pve right you know even in that in that regard you want that um you want those missiles to uh to do it you want them to do or predict them yeah, actually, I remember running, like, C3 sites in a rattlesnake and, like, thinking about, okay, do I actually need to switch over to faction ammo here? You know, if I have a web on a cruiser, is that going to be enough for the application? Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so that, yeah, definitely comes into play with uh, PVE as well. So, yeah, so let's, so let's get into the kind of the um, how missiles apply their damage. So there's four things that you can kind of look at. Um, well, really, it's two things, but there's four stats you want to look at. So the things that matter are how big is the ship you're shooting? That's its signature radius. And how fast is it going? And that's its velocity. It doesn't matter if it's velocity around you, velocity around the missile. It's just straight up velocity. The two stats that the missiles have that are affected by these are the explosion velocity, which again is the velocity, how fast is the ship going? And the explosion radius, and that's you know how big is the explosion? If, uh, if the ship is smaller than the explosion size, then you're gonna take reduced damage. If 
the the ship is larger than the explosion size, uh, the ship is going to take its full damage. Yeah, of course, and uh, you know these 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 values matter, and how they relate to your the the values of these of the missiles, right? You know how fast is the the warhead exploding? Um, how 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 large is the the warhead explosion? Um, and their relationships uh, directly, um, you know, you might be asking yourself, well, why why do these these stats matter, or um, what 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 is there any computation um, that I can reference uh, to to predict this? And uh, there, in fact, is you know, in addition to to PIFA that, that sort of does things for you, uh, and you're able to predict what damage you can apply to certain targets. Um, on the Eve University page, you can find you know the the, the missile or the Eve Wiki, I should say. You'll find the missile damage formula, and you know a lot of these terms are important because the the ratios, right? You know, explosion velocity to the velocity of the target and the the radius to the explosion radius. Um, they're important because there's you know there's some squared terms in there, right? And you can do you know there's a lot of nerdy math, but um, this is a way that you can predict, and these is why these uh, these these stats matter. Yeah, and I think it, the whole core idea is to get like you don't have to do the numbers and figure out like exactly how much you're gonna how much damage you're gonna do to an interceptor moving at a certain speed but to have a general idea a core idea of i'm gonna apply pretty well you know i'm gonna do 80 ish percent of my damage or i'm gonna do 90 percent of my damage or those kinds of things that's i think the important part especially when you're trying to gauge in a role in small gang, are you going to be able to do your job effectively, right? And missiles really come into play mostly as the way of stopping tackle ships. That's where we use them the most. And so having that understanding or, or taking the time to, to think about or look at these mechanics and say, am I going to be able to apply a good damage with fury missiles or do i need to switch to kaldari navy or you know vice versa if you already have kaldari navy loaded and you start shooting a, a different target is it worthwhile for me to switch missiles um and so that's that helps to build your experience and then from that experience you can you can become uh you know more specialized you can build your your knowledge base, and you can um, grow from there. And I think that's like my my personal goals within Small Gang is kind of to try and challenge myself and to try and uh, learn as I go and, and get better. Yeah, and there's so many different resources like uh, PIFA, of course. Um, it tells you uh, the, the stats of the velocity and the uh, explosion radius, the explosion velocity and explosion radius. In the in the ammo like decision or choice that you've made in the when it's loaded into the uh, the weapon system on Pyfa, and so if you sort of familiarize yourself with you know how large is an Atron, how large is a Caracal, um, you'll begin to see um, you know will my missiles apply a lot? Will they not apply? You know, um, and uh, that's that's really how you build your you build your knowledge base. You spend time with these things. You, you look around, you, you look at the numbers, and you, you see what's what. Um, and like, like you said, you can start to make predictions about how you're going to be able to perform in a small gang situation when you know, these types of ships you know, arrive on grid and it's time to fight them. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, we were talking about this before the podcast, uh, before we started recording, but 
that's also something you start considering when you start specializing your fitting on your ship. Um, a, a lot of times when starting out in small gang, you, you'll kind of be given a fit. You'll be told, hey, this is a pretty solid fit, and you, you might go from there. And But as you get more and more experienced, you start to weigh the cost and, and the benefit of, you're going to say, okay, well, I can use a rig to increase my flight time. But I could, or I could use that rig slot to increase missile velocity. So what's the trade-off going to be? Um, you know, and then we look at modules like missile guidance computers and and how they affect. And you say, well, with a missile guidance computer, I have the ability to switch between range and precision. So maybe I'm going to use my rig slot in a different way. And and so that's really where I feel like having that uh, an in-depth understanding of the mechanic that's when you start to have to apply it um up until that point you, you you'll be flying a lot you'll be gaining experience you'll be in different situations but when you start to make in-depth fitting decisions and say what's the what's the benefit what's the you know you're trying to min max your your fit and your setup to have the best versatility or to apply the best to small targets or you know provide your gang with the best resource um that's really where that those in-depth mechanics come into play yeah it reminds me that that john trees video and the concept of the the purpose-driven fit is uh, what he talks about so when you have a fit in mind um you typically want to be the the jack of some trade right and not necessarily the the master of none of them you want to master you know some some trade right and be good at one thing or perhaps a few things uh and not sort of uh, spread yourself out too too thinly to where you you don't perform it's more valuable when you fill a role to do something very well as opposed to uh to otherwise and then lastly uh like some random i guess kind of uh facts or mechanics to think about in terms of missiles um first is that missiles will always apply or miss completely there's there's not like a grazing hit if you will um so either they'll hit and apply damage or they won't because of you know flight time um, and they die out um there's also like no wrecking shots so you won't get a critical hit and somehow do a, a ton of damage um missiles the actual ammunition flying through the space has a hit point value so things that do aoe type damage can actually cause damage to that missile and cause it to explode prematurely so um a, a, there's a tactic called firewalling where you use smart bombs out in front of an area where the missiles will pass through and um, by timing them well and having enough of them uh, you can prevent a large majority of missiles going through an area. Uh, and so that and um, bombs from uh, stealth bombers can also apply those kinds of effects. Um, it's actually like I've seen some videos and it's pretty funny where like a solo stealth bomber is shooting like a, a ratting myrmidon or something. They line up, they shoot a bomb and uh, they blow up their own torpedoes, which it's usually not the deciding factor in the fight. But uh it's always kind of funny to like see a notification of like the torpedo got exploded for a thousand damage or something. Um, never, never made it to hit the target. Um, so <laughs> those are like things to kind of keep in mind and play with. Um, and I'm guessing that if you time things really, really well, you could probably like bomb in between 
torpedo cycles and and not blow up a, a torp, but uh, it'd probably be like a super you know three hundred IQ play. Yeah, absolutely. So we can kind of get into you know we we mentioned what makes missiles hit and and how how all that stuff works. So you can improve all those statistics in a number of ways. Um, one of them being skills. Uh, so, you know, there's a, a myriad of, of skills, one for each thing, basically. Um, but if you look in your, you know, skill tab, you'll see them all under missiles, but they're, you know, missile bombardment, projection, target navigation, projection, warhead upgrades, rapid launch, you know, the list goes on. Uh, the other more non-conventional ways are, well, I guess there's modules as well. They're conventional. So you have in the low slots, there's, uh, you know, you can increase uh, with missile guidance enhancers, I believe they're called. They're like the low slot tracking enhancer missile equivalent. And then there's obviously the uh, ballistic control units in the low slots, which increase uh, damage and rate of fire. Uh, you can use guidance computers in the mid uh, you can script them for better application or more range or unscripted, of course. Uh, you can have a target painter fit to increase your target's signature radius, and you can use uh, webs to slow them down to help you apply. So those are the kind of the modules you can use. You can use hardwirings. There's implants that are devoted to making your missiles uh, perform better. Again, everything from damage to rate of fire to uh, application and then you can use rigs. So the rigs, there's again, same, same trend, um, you know, rigor rigs, uh, flare catalysts, calefiction catalysts, bay loading accelerators, bay thrusters, fuel cache par uh, partitions. So all these things can either increase, increase any of the kind of stats we've mentioned tonight regarding missiles. There's one more way that is, is like the, the way a lot of people wouldn't think. And we'll get AP to talk about them because those are drugs. And I know he's quite the drug user in game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I indeed I am. Yeah, I don't have. Uh, I don't take too many uh, drugs to uh, to improve missile stats. I admittedly don't fly too many missile ships um, much anymore. I do fly the Drake. I'm trying to get out and do that one. But uh, but yeah, some drugs. There's there are only uh, three drugs that really improve your your damage performance, and those are crash. Um, and crash is a, a standard drug. Um, there are different types of drugs, which um, I'm I'm sure this podcast will have a drug masterclass uh, sometime soon. But uh, saving all the de sparing all the details, um, crash is a standard drug, and there are side effects of it, um, which you can see in game. But crash improves. Uh, I believe the explosion radius of uh, of, a, uh, of a of a warhead of your missiles, um, and Toxot is one of the uh, sleeper drugs, the anti-pharmacon drugs that improves the uh, the flight time of your missiles to give a little bit of extra range. That's eight percent um, to its flight time, and then of course you have the uh, the pyrolancia drugs that just improve the raw damage. Um, those affect turrets and missiles. Um, so those are those are three drugs that you can take. Um, to improve your uh, damage, not all at once, of course. Uh, Crash and Toxot take the same slot. You know, the little quip about drugs, drugs is that um, they have slots, and you can only have one that fills the slot at any given time. So, um, Crash, Toxot, and Pyro are those uh, those drugs that uh, can improve your missile performance. Nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, generally, when we talk about what ships are bonus to missiles. Um, I guess Kaldari ships, a lot of them, like half of them have a bonus to missiles. Uh, 
Um, yeah, that's the primary weapon system yeah. for Kalari. Yeah, and it's important to know that like sometimes your your ships won't, you know, have a straight up bonus to all missiles. They might have a bonus to certain missile types. So you should you should definitely watch and make sure you kind of understand what you should be fitting. Um, so like, you know, maybe they don't have a missile to a, bo a bonus to rapid light missiles, but they have a bonus to heavy and heavy assault missiles, you know, something like that. You should just be careful. Keep that in mind when you're fitting ships. Um, and then the, the Mordus angels, they have unique missile bonuses. We kind of mentioned this already where uh, the flight time is drastically reduced, but the missile velocity is drastically increased. So that's kind of unique. But the other ships that have missile bonuses are there's some Amarian ships and some Minmatar ship lines that, that have missile bonuses. So, yeah, if you want to do missile stuff, you know, look at one of those kind of races and have a look through their ship trees. We don't really need to go through all of them because there's a ton. Um, yeah, so if, you, you know, if you're looking to shoot things that are, you know, frigs and a cruiser, look for things with an application bonus and generally fit rapid lights. Um or if you want to use like torpedoes, look for something with an application bonus or hams, you know, those missiles generally apply poorly. So it's nice when you can fit them on ships with uh, application bonuses. And I guess just to kind of finish off, um, we, we mentioned chasing targets and kiting missiles and EUni has a pretty sweet graph uh, graphic. We're going to link in the show notes to kind of demonstrate that just it's super simple, but it's fun. So just give that a look if you really want to visualize yeah, like a missile right chasing now, you. It's, uh, it's really adorable. <laughs> it is adorable. I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to add on, on missiles? Like we kind of covered everything. I think, I don't know if there's rigs. Yeah. Yeah. I talked about rigs a little bit. Yeah. I think oh, right. 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 Also, if people ever have questions. Um, I, I've responded to a few mails I know Pharaoh has or in our Discord. Like, any time that people have questions, if, if there's something that we missed, um, those are great resources. I mean, the Discord is not only there as a way to communicate about the, the podcast-specific things, but also just there are people that are great resources to learn from um, in those channels. You know, join micro gangs and ask questions to AP about you know, something that if we miss something uh, or, you know, talk to other other players in that channel. Um, and those are, again, like, you know, hopefully we covered a, a good majority of topics and kind of uh, gave a, a pretty reasonable depth in this. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with these masterclass segments. But um, if, if there is a question that you have or if there is a topic area that you feel that we missed, uh, the resources are around. Um, and so feel free to reach out and, and ask. And, uh, you know, people are more than willing to help. And um, if I don't know the answer, I'm going to – that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to one of these channels or talk to my friends who I think do know the, those answers. So, Yeah, Absolutely. I think the – the biggest resource that players have in the game are other players, you know, in addition to, um, you know, all of these hard resources like easy, like wiki pages or perhaps Reddit posts, um, players are your number one resource. And I think that's like the underlying motif of this podcast of these public channels that we see going out for small game content is just, we want to, you know, we want to promote how accessible this playstyle is and how rewarding it is and get more people involved with it because not only is the playstyle accessible, 
but um, typically so many of um, its constituents are so eager to help others and to answer these questions and to give advice and to um, make for a more knowledgeable and uh, dynamic player base. Yeah, it's well said. Um, so with that, we'll kind of get into our final segment, our final topic, which is low sec, which, uh, you know, I hadn't flown in low sec for a really long time. Like, I mean, through it, I guess, but I hadn't like really hungered down and tried to find fights in low sec. I've been caught up in the wormhole, you know, the C2 null, Roman null sec for the last while. And I, I, was, I frequented low sec back in the day doing frig PVP and stuff like that. But as we mentioned with, with the AP's channel microgangs, I wanted to kind of get some firsthand and see what it was about um, so that, you know, we could have them on the show and, and kind of promote it a little bit. So I went down and uh, an AP was very generous. He said, you know, just show up. He knows how I roll. So he's like, bring your snakes. You know, you don't have to talk, bring snakes, but he knows how I roll, like I said. So I showed up with my snakes. I, I brought a BC uh, out of Harb Navy for a cool fleet comp that he was kind of he had kind of dreamed up, but uh, we had a couple of the guys from the channel and we he threw me a ship and it was a hurricane, a autocannon hurricane which I also hadn't flown like I hadn't been low sec for a while shit I haven't flown an AC hurricane in a number of years as well, um, and man it was super fun within you know three four jumps we had kills, uh. You know, working really well with the guys in the fleet who had all of them I had never met aside from AP. And I have never flown with AP before this, just kind of chatted with them and stuff. And man, it was really fun. And I I kind of didn't realize that low sec would be that fun because a lot of the stuff I see, you know, low sec is dead, this and that, a lot of naysaying. But it's very dynamic and there's people there. Generally, people live in low sec because they like PvP. So while I'm used to trying to find fights and provoke fights and fights come as a response to me, uh, you know, being a nuisance essentially in Nullsec, a lot of these guys are trying to fight you because they want to fight. And that's all there is to it. It's simple. They just want to blow up internet spaceships. So I don't know. I It kind of opened my eyes and I really enjoyed it. We got, we killed, a there was a Balgorn that we we killed with our small gang that was i think uh, i i think i flew an ac rupture right we have ac cane ac rupture just blast from the past type stuff and uh yeah we we had uh we had a we had a great time and like as you said you know low sec is just it's populated with with players that look for one thing and that's that's internet spaceship explosions and uh you know you know it's a different terrain as as well you know null sec they're there are different places for fights to take place, right? There's almost a, a convention to how to start a fight in Losec. It's almost formulated. Uh, and in Losec, you know, the same can be said, but there's also, you know, different things, uh, different mechanics like gate guns, which we'll get into later. Of course, those are in the show notes. But um, it's different, right? And so when you come from that Losec, it, it it just opens your eyes and you're, you're in a place where you're not... Uh, Maybe, maybe comfortable is not the right word, but you're not accustomed to everything, right? There are new things to explore and new mechanics to, uh, to, uh, to sort of take, take part in and to also explore. And it's, you know, it's refreshing, right? It's like you're starting over again. You're learning a new play style. And uh, that's why I like going back, back and forth between low sec wormholes and, uh, and null sec. Um, 
there's so much, there's so many differences and, and nuances and uh, it makes for a really interesting experience. So when you get bored of one, you just go to the other. Yeah. And I mean, on our little, you know, we look at the whole, whole couple hours of flying, I had a bunch of frigate kills, a couple cruiser kills and three battleship kills. So like, you know, running run the gamut of ship sizes, like it, it was so diverse and every fight was different. And one of the coolest things that really brought me back because, you know, there's no more outposts in Null, right? And I don't pew in high sec, but there were station games, like station games. It, it, it really took me back. It felt so good having the station mechanic there. And it really, like, I already know that I don't like Citadels due to the tethering, but it really, like, cemented that opinion in my brain of, you know, fuck Citadels and fuck tethering because the docking range and the mechanics around stations is super cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you uh, as you saw, it also the the same the same conversely applies to you know a, an advantage to you. Not only the places for fights to take place, but the the low set content is easily accessible, which is you know one of the reasons I'm, I'm there. You log in, you get frags. There's people around. You know, there's no rolling in an SS, right? There's no, there's not much. I should say there's, there's, I shouldn't say that there's no effort. I, I should say that there's, there's minimal effort to get the content in uh, low sec that you want because people are there to fight. They're, they're there to do one thing. And yeah. likewise, because the station exists, you can pause your gameplay, right? You dock up in a station, you know, there are very few systems that don't have stations. There are, there are of course some, uh, exceptions to that rule but uh, as you saw you know you took a, a break in in the room right and you just stock up it's easy you don't have to you know make a uh, make a safe spot or a depot or you know it, it's the the low sec pvp and the play style is not quite as tedious as, as it is in uh in null sec um especially from a wormholer's point of view and uh you know in, in some cases from a from a null sec resident's point of view yeah and like so when i had children when that era of my life started um i was like oh man what am i gonna do like how am i gonna you know i mean this wasn't a primary concern but how am i gonna play eve like i do love playing eve and now i have uh, children and you know i'm obviously gonna have less time but you know i'm also gonna get interrupted a lot so what can i do to kind of um what can i change in eve because i'm obviously not going to change anything in my real life to make me <laughs> able to play more eve but apart from you your know, sleep schedule right <laughs> It was, and that answer to me, what I did was I flew cloaking tech threes because, or cov ops cloaking ships, you know, I could just at a moment's notice, I could just warp to a safe and hit cloak on the way and I'm good. And low sec has that built into it with stations. Like if you need to get up, you know, as long as you're in a station with a, a system with a station, which there are many of, you know, you just right click dock and, and you're good. And likewise, when you log off for the night, you just dock up and the next day, you kind of pick up where you left off, you roam around, you know, it's so accessible. If you want to do it, you can just set your clone, pre-stage some ships somewhere, set your clone there, fly around, die, self-destruct your pod, or just let them kill it, wake up in your station, undock again. Like it's so accessible and there's tons of content. You're going to learn so much flying there. Like I was really, really happy with it. Um, so this Balgorn we killed, we literally like pinged it on gates multiple times, you know, uh, like getting it to aggress us and we couldn't kill it in time. It would de-aggress, jump through, we'd have someone jump after it and kind of 
uh, ping it and hold tackle. And then eventually we got him off gate enough um, and, and killed him. Uh, there was only six of us on the kill mail. And uh, yeah, he's a he's pretty blingy, you know, dual rep, an Ansel rep and a, and a dead space rep, dual web, long point pulse. Well, Balgorns uh, are almost expendable now, right? They're so cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hull is on the like right? 260 mil. What a time to be alive. Two two things that uh, I'll I'll add to your to your previous um, comment. Uh, what was it? It was oh, it was about the the con the well accessibility, right? What's even more interesting is that as a worm holder, like both of us are, um, you still have the utility of wormholes in low sec. And in fact, there's this phenomena called the low sec highway. And there are these vast, you know, you get out there, you start probing and come to find out there are these direct connections from low sec to null sec, from low sec to low sec, from low sec to high sec. And of course, all of the other, you know, C3s um, are perhaps um, the most, uh, what's the, the C, low sec statics are most common in C3 holes, right? And so you have lots of C3 connections and you have lots of access to chains, even though the, the C3s only have one static. Um, this is a bit of you know wormhole uh, blabber or whatever you want to call it, kind of a tangent here. But um, the point I'm trying to make is is that if you want to go somewhere and you're in low sec, you can get somewhere, and there are so many means to do that. And comparatively speaking, in my time spent in null sec, you know when it's time to perhaps I want to find a route somewhere else, or I'm in some place and I want to back probe, right? If you have a target, you want to to stock it, you want to get somewhere else. I find it's much much harder. The the, the wormholes. Are are much more sparse in null sec and come to find out in low sec there are many there are you know you know lots of wormholes and in, in low sec around that go to different places and you can you can find you, you can have a network of places to go in a single evening even if the content isn't around you and you know you have things like thera if you want to traverse across the galaxy um it's a. It really is for me a paradise. And then the second thing I wanted to to add was that fight that you just mentioned about the Balgorn. One thing that's really interesting about Losek that you you don't you don't find there are not many instances instances of in Nullsec are is like third party, right? So like that fight against the Balgorn, it was we had that Omen fleet, right? An Omen fleet. Just like take a minute to think about that. Like a T one Omen fleet. Props to Roy Henry for and uh, and. Uh, what is it? Uh, rapid with not rapid withdrawal. Um, Black Fox Marauders for, you know, just getting out in something that's really neat and unconventional. Um, but you don't have many third party opportunities in in, in Nullsec, right? That doesn't happen very frequently. Typically, you know, it's the, the group that's there, right? Um, and they're isolated, right? By the by wormholes or whatnot that I just mentioned. They're they're much more they're much less common in Nullsec. So third partying is much, you know, it happens at a much lower frequency than you see in in low sec and so that makes for interesting fights as well um especially from like a small gang kiting point of view where you get to sort of like back off and let people fight and go in and find targets of opportunity so that's something that makes uh low sec unique all, unique also yeah and i guess another big note about low sec making it unique is faction warfare and you know you don't have to be part of faction warfare to take part in low sec pvp obviously but I did want to kind of mention, tie this into a kind of something that was in the Eve news recently. And that was, I find this interesting because it's kind of like, okay, so to preface this, 
in faction warfare you can do missions which give a shitload of lp and it's very common that people just you know don't partake in faction warfare but utilize it to run these missions and make a ton of isk and uh the result is that it, it kind of uh skews lp value and the way that the faction warfare rewards work well a bunch of groups in the uh, Amar and Minimshire war zone who normally are at war with each other, obviously. Uh, this is super cool. They kind of came to an agreement where they are going to hold specific systems each to lock out all the mission agents. Uh, because, you know, in faction warfare, when you're in a militia, you can only dock in certain systems if your militia controls it. Um, and those systems and those structures is where the uh, the bulk of the faction warfare agents are. So what they're effectively doing is saying, you know what, fuck you, all you, you know, faction warfare care bears, like you should join faction warfare warfare to fight, not farm uh, missions. And basically, I don't really want to get into it. Basically, what's ultra safe, you know, textbook ways of doing them. So. You know, they're basically trying to recapture their content and and promoting combat rather than PvE, which is super cool. I, I really like this uh, this idea of, of doing so, you know? How do you guys feel about that? And have you seen it yet? There's a Reddit uh, thread I have linked there that kind of talks about it. Uh, I, I there's nothing. Of course, this is in this an important point to make is that uh, these areas of factional warfare um, take place in uh, I guess what you could call two separate spheres. Um, they're they're separated by high sec borders, and uh, they they there is not much overlap. There's not any overlap between the two. Um, so having said that, you know I'm not I don't take I don't PVP and spend too much time in that war zone. But I did see the news, and I think it's perhaps more an indication of what what links players will go to to uh, to ensure the course of the game as opposed to you know ccp determining that course of the game right and so here you have it was it was the same for 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 plexes and ventures right plexing and ventures and whatnot um players have been asking for this thing to be changed uh and here we have you know the issue of uh you know people or players perhaps you know they're getting they're reaping the benefits of faction warfare uh, and they're not partaking or contributing in any meaningful manner um, and we're we're seeing now what links uh, that players will go to to sort of you know curb that in the the right or perhaps appropriate direction of let's make sure for sure these you know these players are going to contribute right to the factional warfare system or you know they're not going to have access to LP and you know you have alliances an alliance like alliance so to speak um, of opposing factions right that are unified under one thing which is game balance and uh, i think that's more indicative of, of of players trying to achieve that that game balance rather than uh, more than anything else yeah that's a really good way to put it it is interesting i wish obviously as a pvper i wish more more groups in eve would kind of try to promote combat this much as these guys are but in reality that's probably not going to happen but Nevertheless, it's worth mentioning and talking about because I, I think it is pretty cool. So anything else you guys wanted to mention or talk about? Uh, I think uh, shout outs, maybe, or something along those lines. 
start wrapping it up. I, I guess uh, I'll shout out. Um, I'm. This is our tenth episode, and um, I'm pretty excited. Um, for you know, a, a podcast that we're, we we kind of started just um, as a way of uh, kind of talking about this kind of content and. 10 episodes later like I, I feel like we're we've learned a lot in, our, in the process of how we want to organize stuff and the things we talk about and um it's super exciting every time that i hear we hear back from people who listen and give us feedback you know hey like i really enjoyed this or hey i listened while i was on my way to work stuff like that it's just cool um so yeah thanks everyone to for listening and um we're enjoying making this podcast and content and um yeah it's it's pretty exciting little landmark 10 episodes yeah, yeah congratulations well from from me as well um i would have you know it, it would almost it's it would be nostalgic for me to you know become a new a new bro again and to to have these sort of resources and to have such talents you know put this this podcast together in a way that you know, as, as we said, you know, this accessibility to small gang, and I think we are approaching, or perhaps already even in an era of of great change. Like we we already have a, a podcast that's talking about low set content, and in addition to that, we've seen, um, you know, a lot of notable groups return, perhaps not returning, but but going to low sec, right? And I think this is going to mark an era where groups are beginning to. I think value content much more than the the normal. Um, I think Nullsec is going to go through um, like a content starvation almost. Um, I know that seems incredibly pessimistic, and people might be you know thrashing at their computers or or phones or what they're listening uh, with um, at that comment. But um, I think we've just seen an overall de decline in the frequency of fights and conflict in the game over the past few years. And you know, I think this 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 entire segment on not not segment, but the entire podcast and you know these public channels and public rooms and things like that, and opening up to to newer players and increasing like expanding the envelope of of PvP of small gang PvP and PvP in general um, is good for the game. And having resources like this, I think, marks a, a new era. Like, and we're kind of crawling away from the dark ages, um, so to speak. You know, things kind of really fell off. Like, I think the the, the turn of the Dark Ages was that, that carrier rebalance, right? That happened so long ago, and that spelled some some dark times for for small gangers. And um, you know, all of us are, are quite biased, but there are there are play styles to be acknowledged. But I think everyone can agree that you know the decline of combat frequency and conflict frequency in the game is not something that 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 aids the longevity of the game. It it you know detracts from it. And seeing groups like this that operate in low sec and and people fighting and blowing up spaceships is an overall great thing for the game. Absolutely, and you know, small gang isn't a play style; it's a lifestyle, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I guess I'll give a shout out um, to my my corp noir. I haven't really talked about this too much. I did it a couple a little bit ago, but uh, my real life stuff is kind of. Looks like it's it's cleared up now. Um, I was out of town again on the weekend, but I'm back, and I'm looking to get active and and uh, play with some of the, my fellow mercenaries and see if we can get. Uh, we've had one contract that I wasn't around for in a wormhole, but uh, just kind of settling in and getting some ships moved and uh, 
yeah get into some mercenary stuff so if you guys uh, are looking for some small gang pvp specifically mercenary stuff so like objective based small gang give me a buzz hop in our corpse uh public channel which is cafe space noir dot and ap do you have a specific shout out in mind or uh, not really you guys have you guys have shouted out my channel and and what i do so i won't uh i won't take too many of your shout outs thanks for i really have seen a um an increase in the amount of players in the channel just just after you guys shouted out the channel so i thank you guys for that um but yeah if uh, i guess that's really mine just to you know reiterate you know come out hang out in in micro gangs come hang out in bsb um we're there to help if anything else come join our fleets or, or even come fight us you know we're in the area and uh, we love fights if you like fights come fight us fighting's cool spaceships is cool um that's really all i have right on guys well with that we'll uh we'll end the show and remember it's not the size of your gang it's about how you use it you cut out there what was that <laughs> did he cut out i heard him you, you cut out i cut out i think yeah oh, fuck. okay let's just do it again blood every episode <laughs> oh my god every every episode we have to do this twice and remember guys it's not the size of your gang it's about how you use it <laughs>